Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assemble. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. All right, everyone, if you've been anywhere on the internet the last few days, you know that it's been San Diego Comic-Con in person for the first time since 2019, and Marvel was not going to let this opportunity pass them by. They showed up, they showed out, and Hall H was booming with announcements. So we decided we're going to take it slow, walk you through the announcements, talk about what we're most excited about, and then also some predictions now that we have a better idea of what's coming in the multiverse saga and to do that we brought back special guest davis for our first three-person episode since we all debated spidey back in the end of 2021 so super happy to have him back thanks for being on the show my friend yeah of course glad to be back it's exciting yeah we haven't done a three-person episode in a while so i'm looking forward to it thanks for having me yeah glad to have you katie why don't you start us off with a quick recap of all of the announcements that came out of Hall H this weekend? Yeah, of course. I would be extremely happy to. <laughs> so we'll start with Phase 4 on the end of it. So it was confirmed that She-Hulk and Black Panther, or the second Black Panther, will be the ending of Phase 4. So that'll be the end of that. We are officially coming to the close of Phase 4. Seems a little crazy because Phase 4 really was only about a year and a half, about two, maybe not even two years, so about a year and a half, partially due to COVID. So, you know, it is what it is, but yeah, we're coming to a close with Phase 4. And then we got a pretty good glimpse at Phase 5, and I think about half of them probably weren't much of a surprise to people who have been around paying attention to some of the slates that were already announced before. I definitely think the entire second half was, so, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's meaty. (laughs) There's a lot in there. (laughs) Oh yeah. A lot of content. But to start off, we obviously have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which I know we've kind of been talking a lot about with the multiverse sort of stuff, so that one's going to be really important. Then we have Secret Invasion, which we've also been talking about a lot lately with Miss Marvel being thrown in there and not sure if she'll be there or not. We also have the third Guardians of the Galaxy, which will be coming out, and we've also been confirmed that'll be the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Echo, which we knew since Hawkeye. Loki Season 2, which we also knew was coming. We know that I've start- that started to film. We have the Marvels, also has been kind of a conversation. But I think the second half is really where things got pretty funky. So Blade which we know has been rumored and has been coming, but we have the confirmation now. So excited. Oh, I'm super hyped. We ha- we did know about Ironheart, so Ironheart will be making her appearance as well. Agatha House of Harkness has been changed to Agatha Coven of Chaos, so that's the update with that. I think this one took everybody by storm. Daredevil, of course, getting his new show on Disney+. Plus. Very exciting. Oh, yeah. I think that was one of the ones that... I actually outwardly gasped the most at. <laughs> so I'm so excited. You can't see Taylor right now, but she's doing little excited jazz hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm doing my like happy dance while sitting down. Oh, it's it's going to be great. And then this one I'm actually personally looking forward to. The next Captain America, Captain America 4, starring Sam Wilson as Captain America, will be making its debut. I know. I know. On the big screen. And then Phase 5 will be wrapped up with the Thunderbolts, which I know we will be getting into a lot more in a second here. Taylor's now doing, like, aggressive dancing fist-pumping things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... So much of Phase 5 is so exciting. Like, I think, to your point, Katie, I know know we're going to quickly hop into Phase 6. I just have to say, as we're transitioning into it, there's a lot of surprises in Phase 5, but also a lot of things that we kind of thought were coming and to get the confirmation and to know it's all actually coming is like amazing. No, I agree. I mean, I think seeing the second half, especially 
it's always exciting to know that there's more coming. Oh yeah. And I think this these were a lot of things to your point that the characters were there. We have we've wanted those developments and now we're finally we're finally there. So I agree. But let's get right into phase six because there isn't a lot there, but yet there's a ton there. <laughs> Obviously, so phase six, one of the first works, it's not noticeably the first the, uh, the actual first one possibly. There's going to be one in front of it, but the second one that'll be out in phase six is going to be and i keep wanting to say like phase three but i'm like no this is phase six <laughs> every time i go to say six I, I gotta like think a little harder is going to be fantastic four which i also don't think was a full surprise to people that's been a big thing coming out i'm actually a little more surprised it is a part of phase six and not five yeah i was gonna expect it to come a little earlier yeah i agree especially given what we're you're about to talk about. Well, exactly. <laughs> because then, only six months apart is going to be Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. And then following that up, which I think I gave us the biggest pat on the back ever, was Avengers Secret Wars. <laughs> I was so proud of us. If you are new to the show, just PSA, real quick. We have an entire episode dedicated to Secret Wars. We called this... After Multiverse of Madness. So I just want to say that because to Katie's point, pat us on the back. We knew what, I don't know that it's going to be the culminating point, probably is, but we called it. And we don't call major stuff like this often. You know, we'll get little details where we'll be like, hey, go us. But to actually have called what we think is the culminating point of phase six or phases four through six, everybody just... Give us a shout out for a hot second. And also check out that episode if you haven't already. 60 second round of applause. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and honestly, even going back to Loki, we called Kang a long time ago. It wasn't as present in our brains and probably isn't as present to all the listeners since it was over a year ago with Loki. But we did discuss before he was obviously brought into Loki that we thought he was going to make his appearance. We thought he could be a really big player in this next round, and here he is. So I'm really excited. There were things I did not expect here. Oh, for sure. Really quick, though, to round it out, there's a few more announcements that we don't want to miss. One, I don't know how you guys missed it because they gave out hats and I really want one, but they've officially called it the Multiverse Saga. Yes. We went from the Infinity Saga to the Multiverse Saga. It's here. We kind of thought the multiverse was going to take a back seat, but it turns out it is front and center for the next however many years. So get ready. I apparently need to go back to physics because we need to figure it out. So that's exciting. But also, just before the like official Hall H panel, they did also announce some animated projects like Spider-Man Freshman Year, which does have Charlie Cox's Daredevil in it, confirmed he's voicing that character in that show, as well as X-Men 97 and Marvel's Zombies. Oh, and of course, What If Season 2. So there's a lot coming and also that medium as well, which is super fun. I mean, I think we've made it pretty clear we're not huge animated people now that we've grown older, you know, as we definitely were as kids, but it's still cool. It's still going to be a fun way to kind of round out the MCU for sure. Yeah. So honestly, I'm I'm excited, and I think we should get right into our favorites. So for sure, let's get into that. Let's get into our movie first, since uh, let's just say this first. I don't think we need to say that the last two Avengers movies. I don't even think we need to mention them. Why? Because we all know those are going to be the favorites. So, oh my god, yeah. Taking out them, all the other films that are slated in Phase Five and Phase Six. What is your most anticipated projects? Davis, you go first. You're the guest. We're going to try to be polite this time. Wow, I'm honored. <laughs> I guess the, the the movie that I'm really looking forward to most would be the Thunderbolts. I really did like what. Not to mention a DC movie, but what James Gunn did with uh, the Suicide Squad. And of course, everyone knows the Thunderbolts are Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad. I am really looking forward to this movie, mainly because I I feel like the anti-hero, they're not really heroes, but they're doing good aspect, is where a bunch of the characters, which are, of course, not confirmed, but rumored to be in it, like Zemo, Yelena, John Walker, Abomination, Bucky, Taxmaster, 
Ghost, Red Guardian. I mean, there's so many characters that are not your typical heroes, but they will be forced to do good. I just think team-up movies, obviously, within the MCU, have always been the more popular of the movies. But to see all these anti-heroes coming together in one movie to be like like an alternate version almost of the Avengers is something that I think will be really cool because, you know, obviously there might be cameos and this is way down the line from current MCU cast members, but these are going to be characters that really haven't had a ton of time to shine yet. They've really kind of taken a back seat in the projects they were in. You know, Yelena is, of course, overshadowed by uh, Natasha. Zemo is kind of, you know, shadowed by the Falcon and, or I guess Captain America and Bucky. So I think it'll really give, and I just think the tone of this movie is what I'm really looking forward to. I, I'd imagine it's kind of going to be a darker, almost a la Captain America, the Winter Soldier type tone. And I think that's going to be really cool, especially if they throw elements of, you know, espionage or, or spy or something like that. So that's, that's the movie that I'm looking forward to most, I'd say. We're only going phases five and six, right? Not the back half of four or what's left of four. Yeah, because that's kind of already been... I know we talked about that already in a previous episode. Okay. It's so tough because every time I pick one, I'm like, but there's also this one. <laughs> Thunderbolts is a good choice. I... Ooh. I might have to go Blade or Fantastic Four. I know it's the third time doing the Fantastic Four, but they're going to be so important in Secret Wars, and I think they're probably the casting announcement that everybody is most excited for. Um, and I'll sh I'm sure we'll get into all of the things that Marvel didn't actually announce at Comic-Con, because even though we ate well, there were some things left off our plate. So I'm sure we'll get into that in a second, but Fantastic Four definitely shines a lot, and so does Blade for me. So those gotta, those have to be my two. I have to go with either Captain America, New World Order, or the Thunderbolts. For me, with Captain America, I love Sam, and I've always loved Sam, and I love Bucky. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Bucky's always been very much a Captain America-like follower. Wherever Cap is, like Bucky is... Um, so I do expect to see a little bit of that in that film, but I also think it's Sam's time to shine. So I'm really excited to see him as Captain America and where he takes that, that form of the character. But those who know me, those who have listened to this podcast know I am the anti-hero, like, lover beyond lover. Like, I don't think any of my favorites haven't been a villain at some point, <laughs> um, or at least inherently not a good person. <laughs> so... I'm 100% here for the Thunderbolts. I actually, since I brought up Bucky, would love to see him here. I think he it's finally his time to shine elsewhere as well, and I think that would be a good path. He, he's a natural leader, so I think giving him the opportunity to be a character and be explored more than just being Cap's friend, super important. But also, you know, Davis brought up Yelena and a couple others. The only one I won't like is John because we don't like John. Screw John. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I love Yelena. I think this, I, I think the grittiness of having these people who aren't inherently good people and maybe don't do things always conventionally because they don't live like Steve Rogers makes something so much more interesting where you... Don't expect, I mean, even in the other Avengers, you can see them sometimes pull their punches when they're not necessarily fighting like androids or aliens, just because they're still not going to sit there and try to kill somebody versus I feel you have the darkness with some of the characters who will get brought into the Thunderbolt. So I am very much looking forward to that and looking forward to that darker team. I think just to quickly add on to that, because I think it was confirmed that Eventually, when we do see Deadpool and MCU and the third Deadpool movie, it will be rated R. Mm -hmm. So maybe the Thunderbolts will carry an R rating to go off what you were talking about, the darker tone yeah. of it. And I think that's something that Marvel can really excel at because I think they always do a good balance of uh, a movie like uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which was inherently very, you know, comedic and, and silly. But then you also have movies like The Winter Soldier. where So I do think Marvel's able to do both. Yeah. 
So I think it'll be interesting if they're if they want to bring an R rating to that movie. No, I actually love that. Yeah, I love that. I angle, love that. Actually. I mean, that's why I even said look at and I use Bucky and Elaine as examples because they're my favorite and I know the most about them. But I mean, they're trained assassins. At the end of the day, they don't do things conventionally. So I think mm. bringing in that little bit of darkness and and even if they do decide to do the the R rating, I'd be one hundred percent here for it. But let's get into shows because. There's a lot of shows coming out in Phase 5, too. Now, we have not a single show yet announced for Phase 6, which is interesting, but we do have a lot coming in Phase 5. So, what's the one that you guys are looking forward to most? Davis, go. All right, first again. <laughs> I think out of all of them, I think I'm most excited for Secret Invasion, just because it's been a while since we... And I, I guess I'm also kind of a little biased, because I would say... I, I keep alluding back to it, but Captain America the Winter Soldier is one of my favorite MCU films, probably first or second. As it should be. All right. All right. So we agree there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be the first thing you two have ever agreed on that's, all the time that I've fair. known That's you. probably true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just I just love the tone, the grittiness, the espionage themes. I just think it was such like, a well-made movie. So going back to... I guess, former agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because we don't really know what S.H.I.E.L.D.'s up to these days, but with Nick Fury and Maria Hill, and I think tossing in the scrolls, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure where they're going to go with the show, but it would be interesting to see if, like, there's a big revelation that, like, oh, this character's been a scroll the whole entire time, or something like that. So I think that's what I'm most excited for, just to see, okay, I'm sure... I, to me, I think Secret Invasion is going to have some of the more jaw-dropping plot twists involved than the other shows. And again, we don't really know much about Echo. Oh, what was the other one? Uh, Agatha, is it House of Harkness? Did they change it to that? Coven of Chaos is the new one. Coven of Chaos. Okay. But yeah, so I say Secret Invasion just because I think there's so many fun things they can do. And maybe we'll see how previous movies played out. But from the perspective of a scroll, if they just so happen to be a character from one of her favorite movies. So I'd say, yeah, that would be the show I'm looking forward to most. That's a good one. I have to say, I was reading an article just before we got on, and apparently they showed a trailer footage for Secret Invasion for only those in the hall. Also, PSA guys, we're trying to get in the hall next year. So <laughs> hopefully we'll be coming live next year. Manifest it. We're manifesting. Yes. <laughs> All of us in this community were going to make it happen. But anyway, so they tried or they showed it this footage and one of the articles I was reading kind of went through it, what they showed. And I guess what's going to happen is there is a faction of scrolls, as happens in the comics, who does kind of invade. And so Talos, 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 the guy from Captain Marvel, I'm terrible with pronunciation. He um, is working with Nick Fury to kind of stop them. So I definitely, to your point, Davis, think we're going to get those crazy reveals of like characters like that we've been following where we have to be like, oh crap, how long have you not been you? Like, it's going to be <laughs> like so Spider-Man fun. Far From Home level kind of what the heck. <laughs> yeah, like that Mysterio reveal, like even though we all kind of knew who he was, like you almost like thought he was going to be a good guy. Like they set it up so convincingly that even someone who loved Spider-Man growing up as a kid and knows so much about it was like, are they going to completely like make him a good oh, guy? No, I was fully talking about Nick and Maria being scrolls because that's more accurate to that. <laughs> well, yeah, but I was also thinking like the whole idea of like illusion, right? Like yeah. you're seeing one thing, but the actuality or the reality is a complete other thing. So like, that's where I was going with that. But anyway, so that's just a little bit of context there because you like sparked that in me when you said your piece. But I think for me, it's going to be no surprise. It's Daredevil. Now, I know you guys have heard me say on many occasions that I have tried Daredevil in the past. A little too gory for me. So I tried it again because after Charlie Cox was in No Way Home, I was like, well, he's he's in it now. Like, I have to know this background. So I closed my eyes during the really gory part and hid behind my hands like a five-year-old. And now I'm like obsessed with Daredevil. I'm in seasons two out of three because I'm trying to get my way into the Defenders. I'm currently on Iron Fist. So I just love the character. I think Charlie Cox has done an amazing job. And I am so excited to see him again. Diono Frio is amazing as Kingpin. And I'm just so excited. <laughs> 
There's been multiple times where Taylor's texted me saying, you've got to watch Daredevil, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to get around to it. I mean, Andy showed up at the end of the She-Hulk trailer, so yeah. like, he's going to be in a lot more projects. we got to know who he is. So if you haven't seen it, I guess you got to. Yeah. He's also going to be an Echo. So, like, Charlie Cox is, Both like... Both make a lot of sense, too. Yeah, and Charlie Cox is, like, up there with Wong in terms of, like, number of projects, so, like, let's go. It's the years of Charlie Cox! Wong, Wong's the glue of Phase 4 and maybe potentially Phase 5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My man Wong's been everywhere. But... I'm actually kind of glad you guys said those because I like when we all tend to pick something different just so we can kind of make our justifications and put more out there. This might come as a surprise, but I'm actually most looking forward to Loki season two. What? Oh my god! <laughs> I, I kind of forgot so about Loki right season now. two. I knew Taylor would not. Okay. I am. I my sense of reality <laughs> is so warped. Hear me out. So for those of you who know, Loki was always my favorite up until the Loki series, and then I well, not like my favorite. Bucky was always my man, but <laughs> he was like one of my favorites. Um, but the Loki series to me just like killed him. Like it was worse than actually watching him die four times. Like it just like it was character just slaughter. So I'm actually really looking forward to season two to see what comes from it. I want to know if they kind of, because Marvel's very good at listening to the fans, so I want to know if they really got into some of those conversations that people were complaining. And I, I say complaining, but I, I think maybe there's probably a better word, because I, I think it's almost criticism, but you still need it at times. And I think there was a lot of criticism to certain parts of Loki, and especially now that we've kind of gotten a little further into the multiverse and some of the things that tie into that and even time travel since we had a moment in Miss Marvel that we had some time travel. I want to kind of see now what they do with the second season of Loki to make up for some of that because I think it's still going to be a really informative show and I mean we've seen him now, we've seen some behind the scenes sets obviously of him in character with Owen Wilson again which is really yeah, McDonald's. McDonald's for some reason, <laughs> you know, because naturally, why wouldn't they be? I don't know. But <laughs> I think, you know, it'll be really interesting to me to kind of see where they bring the series now, because I think where we thought season one ended, we could see a very clear path for season two. Um, and I don't see that right now. So I'm really intrigued. And I actually ironically am most looking forward to seeing what comes from that part of the show. Will I like it? Who knows? Because I didn't like the first season. But I, I am intrigued the most. Of course you didn't like the first season. You drag it every chance And I'm you going get. to continue. But I will say that I am looking forward to seeing the second season of Loki the most and seeing what they do with it. Yeah, it's like if you're going to put us through all that pain and sadness, there's got to be some sort of payoff. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe we're two for two tonight. Like, <laughs> wow. Oh my god, this, this is, is unprecedented <laughs> territory. Everything I thought I knew about the world has been turned upside down in the few <laughs> minutes that we've been on the phone together and i'm just gonna need to go sit in my bed for the rest of the evening and try to reorient my like view of the i think world. i should just so replace thanks, guys, taylor for from now on right can we agree I'm, <laughs> I'm, just <kidding>. e <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding come on you know what you can be friends with caitlin i think our friendship is revoked. oh no not again it's not the first time we've done <laughs> oh this <my> <laughs> it's probably like the fifth or sixth dang yeah it's happened a few times good times Anyway, moving on. <laughs> One thing I did want to talk about quickly are some of the properties that Marvel actually didn't talk about or the, some of the information that we didn't talk or they didn't talk about or give us during Comic-Con. I know there were some rumors swirling before the big panel on, I think it was Saturday, that, you know, they were going to save all their big announcements for D23 and, and all that stuff. Yeah. I think they really did a good job <laughs> at Comic-Con. They gave us a lot of info. but. You know, they didn't give, as we alluded to before, cast for the Fantastic Four, which I think a lot of people were really looking forward to. One of the big things that a lot of people were talking about after this weekend was the lack of anything related to Armor Wars on the slate. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one of the creators has actually come out. He, like, posted on Instagram and was like, no, 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 we're still happening. But for whatever reason, like, it's not on there. So that's super interesting. But yeah, just wanted to point a couple of those things out that, you know, we kind of knew were on the horizon, but somehow got skipped over. Well, I also know a lot of people, and I know this because I run in that circle as well, were really hoping to have 
a little bit of an announcement regarding the Scarlet Witch after MOM. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, and, and I think that's pretty fair because all, we all know she didn't die. Like, that's not how you killed Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Nobody, no death. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but, like, she has too many storylines that are really, like, prominent in the comics to not have her continue. Like the X-Men, which also were left out of this weekend. Yes, which is why I very much believe we'll be getting that at the D23 because they kind of run the same circle. I think introducing the mutants is a different type of mind-blowing thing, and I think Wanda is very much going to be a a big aspect to that as well. So I really do think we'll still see something for the Scarlet Witch. I'm not entirely surprised we didn't get it right now because they did or they announced the two big Avengers movies at the end of Phase 6. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of those holes really could be a Scarlet Witch film, uh, a mutant-related film or TV show, something that brings them in. I wouldn't be shocked at all, especially if you're going to have Secret Wars. You're going to want to have the mutants in it. All right, and then one of the last things that I want to talk about before we go into predictions is some of the trailers we got. Oh, gosh. Now, let's talk about the big one. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. One, first thought, it was so beautiful, I don't even know what to say. Two, that movie is going to wreck me in ways that I don't know I am prepared for. By far the best trailer Marvel's ever done, yes. in my opinion. They, they they showed nothing really about the plot, no. but I've never been more excited for a Marvel project in in, in my life. Flawless absolutely flawless ryan coogler is a genius and honestly i'm i'm extremely excited but i'm going to be completely upfront. i think i was able to live in such a bubble since chadwick's passing especially with the mcu related projects because there hasn't been any black panther projects that have come out after endgame with the exception of what if with but that had already been you know obviously done prior so I think I was very much able to avoid having to accept that, you know, he wasn't going to be playing the Black Panther and that who knew where the Black Panther as a character or and superhero was going to be. And now I feel like I really quickly have to accept that because it's only like three months away. And I, I know even the cast, if you watched any of the film from the Comic-Con they were very emotional when the trailer came out. You could tell um, they were all hugging each other and were, were some were crying. So I'm not ready because I'm also not ready for the MCU to have to address his death. Yeah, I distinctly remember the day that he died. I remember getting the text from my friend thinking she was lying to me. I found out about Chadwick's death from Taylor. So she did I. She texted me all caps. All caps, and I was so confused. I ran into Caitlin's room sobbing hysterically. Like, literally having, like, I couldn't breathe. One, because I ran upstairs, but two, (laughs) because I was just, like, so upset. You know? And, like, I, for, like, days after, I would literally just be somewhere or be doing something and just start crying. And to Katie's point, like, I think the only way I've been able to get through it is because I'm like, no, everything's fine. Like, I am deep in denial and like i'll see stuff online i'm like i know logically he's gone but to actually see that on film is going to be incredibly difficult i'm gonna bring like four boxes of tissues i'm gonna (laughs) sob loudly it's gonna be a lot but to davis's point like i've not been more excited for anything in a long time like this so no it was a beautiful trailer i'm very excited to go back to wakanda yes especially because i think the last i mean and i don't think i know the last time we were in wakanda was pure carnage we were at war with thanos yeah so i'm excited to go back and go back to some of the characters we've fallen in love with and really just immerse ourselves back into that culture i think i truly believe black panther is still one of the best superhero films to ever come out absolutely i mean top tier even just for the mcu and just and i say culturally as far as like everywhere really culturally it was such a big moment i don't think anybody forgets black panther coming out because it impacted people by either how the movie impacted you or even the soundtrack i think just i knew so many people who just listened to the soundtrack and loved it through that so I just think it had such an impact and it was such a different time than where we are now, what, like five years later. So, and in real life, let alone, you know, in the MCU. So I definitely, I'm excited to go back. Yeah. I mean, 
Black Panther was a cultural moment. Like, those don't happen. You know, we're how many 20-something movies into the MCU? One cultural moment out of 27. Sure, there have been, you know, Endgame and Infinity War were huge and people were going to theaters en masse, but, like, the actual cultural impact has nothing has had the same impact that Black Panther had. So it's going to be tough, but it's going to be a good one. And I'm so excited. I mean, even just going off of that, I feel like future history books, they probably won't write about Marvel movies that often, but it will be they, future historical textbooks that, you know, kids will be reading in middle school and high school will mention Black Panther. Yeah. It's just, it's intertwined in cinematic history, uh, but it's also, um, like we've said, intertwined in just in society as, as, as a whole. So I, I don't think I'm prepared for seeing in memory of Chadwick Boseman at the very end before the credits roll. So I just, we'll just ignore it for now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Switching gears to something decidedly less sad. We also got a new updated trailer for She-Hulk. This show looks so fun. It, she's going to be hilarious. She's such a good foil for Bruce, who is so serious. We're going to come back to you guys in like two weeks with our predictions, which is crazy to think that it's time for that already, but super excited for that one. And we also got to look at I Am Groot. Oh, I love Groot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. He's just so adorable. I mean, he farts a leaf in the trailer. And like saves he's the whole, just so cute. The whole village and feeds them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just going to be great. But that's it in terms of trailers. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for, maybe. The moment we have to say, what predictions do you now have? Could be an adjustment on an old prediction. Coming out of Comic-Con, knowing now what we know and don't know from what's coming from D23. In this moment, what are you going to say? Okay. I have really random things just from the properties that have been released. <laughs> For one, I almost wonder if them giving time to Agatha means that we could actually eventually see her in a Thunderbolts. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about it initially, but now that we have confirmation of Thunderbolts, I'm curious if that will be kind of something we see from, from her. I think it'll be an interesting moment i mean she's the opposite kind of of wanda so i think it could be intriguing another one that i've been kind of putting together is we don't really have like an avengers team as of right now we are looking at this slate and i don't know about the rest of you but i'm still not really seeing a team i'm seeing a lot of one-offs i'm seeing you know okay the marvels is a team of three fine but i'm not really seeing a lot of team-ups and a lot that would make sense to come together naturally so I almost wonder how big of an impact Thunderbolts could actually have. And part of me, and this is just almost a want, maybe more than a theory, but I'll put it out there. Part of me is almost intrigued to know if we're going to almost flip-flop where we were at in phases one through three. And the Thunderbolts, who are the anti-heroes, will be the prominent Avengers for the next phases, while some of the actual Avengers are now going to be kind of, they won't be anti-heroes, of course, by no means, but might be more of those assisting players that are still going to be there, but not necessarily teammates. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that that would be pretty cool, honestly. That's bold. Yeah. Because I think the ex machina of these Marvel movies is a character swooping in at the last moment to save the day. So maybe that's, you know, a Sam Wilson, the Bucky Barnes, and, you know, the Thunderbolts are the main Avengers team. I mean, I, I would personally really love that, to be honest. And I mean... I only say that because there are a lot of gaps in the timeline still. There's still plenty of time, but I personally don't see an Avengers team-up starting in the Kang Dynasty film. I think that's weird. I, I still think there needs to be a slight introduction to it just because I think that was a lot of people's complaints with Endgame sort of too, is that there were just a bunch of like, all all our heroes came together and it was an uh, amazing moment. But also when you really looked at it, it was kind of like, why do like half these people don't know why they're fighting <laughs> like they don't know each other they're just like here and i know that was a complaint even then with tony's funeral everybody was like well why are half these people here they didn't know or like him like whatever <laughs> he was a very polarizing figure yeah but that's why i kind of wonder you know i don't see them pulling all the avengers together in the kang dynasty film i don't personally there, but then, again, there could be another Avengers film that comes prior, and it's just not slated yet. Well, to that point, to kind of build off of off of that, 
I'm I'm picturing Kang Dynasty being the Infinity War to Secret Wars Endgame. Yes. In the sense that like they kind of connected. So I'm guessing the Kang Dy- Avengers Kang Dynasty will be huge. Have a huge cliffhanger and will lead directly into Secret Wars. So I'm wondering, in, in, in that regard, Infinity War was kind of also kind of separated because we had the Guardians of the Galaxy with Iron Man and Spidey up on Titan, and then you had the team back down on Earth, and then Thor was off doing his own thing. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, kind of like what you were saying, is like, if you're not quite seeing a team come together, that maybe the King Dynasty will be exactly that, like kind of what we saw in Infinity War, where it's kind of disjointed for a lot of it, but they all come together towards the end, which leads directly into Secret Wars. Yeah, I mean, to that point, too, that actually sparks two things in me. I think, one, we're starting to see maybe a few different, you know, combinations. Like, we know, for example, that, like, Sam knows Ant-Man, and, like, that's, you know, a connection. And we know that Shang-Chi knows Bruce and Captain Marvel, who then brings in Monica and Ms. Marvel. And so, like, there are certain people who are connected to other people. It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. So, like, you can connect, you know, Shang-Chi to Kamala, even though we all have our theories about how that actually connects. But you can connect them through, you know, the other characters. Or even Scott to Kamala, even though that sort of has its own connection as well. But, like, you know, so there's, I think, a way to do it. I just don't think it would mean as much if they did it that way. Just because, and I'll throw this out there for the sake, just to back up my side of the argument, although I'm open always to listen to the other side, I think why Infinity War worked the way it did too was because we were so married to these characters. And I'm not saying we're not married to the ones we have now, but I mean, even looking at, you know, Echo, new character. Ironheart, new character. Blade, for the MCU, will be a new character. Miss Marvel, new character. We had a lot of, you brought up Shang-Chi, a lot of new characters that haven't had 10 years to have us fully fall in love with them the way we were, even with the OG6, which were so pivotal in Infinity War. And we could say what we wish, but at the end of the day, we were all there seeing the OG6 and what they were doing. They were still the pivotal parts of the story, and we saw that then play out in Endgame, too. So I just think bringing them all together in Infinity War style for the first time in the Kang Dynasty feels just like that could be a little weird. I feel like there it would just not mesh the same way as we aren't as married to certain characters quite yet. That's fair. That's fair. I do want to point out, though, Davis, you mentioned how Kang Dynasty is likely going to feed right into Secret Wars, the same way that Infinity War fed into Endgame. Think about how we had to wait a year. I think that's one of those examples where Marvel learned their lesson because there was so much hype after Infinity War. Like, people were going, like, nuts off the wall, right? Because we all remember what that was like. But then you have that excitement, you have that excitement. And then, randomly, Captain Marvel comes out. I was just the best movie. <laughs> and then they were like, here, have a walnut. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they were like, you want a chocolate cake? Here's a walnut. Here's air. But anyway. <laughs> Flavored air. Yeah, honestly. no, Nothing against Carol Danvers, but like in comparison to what we all really wanted to come out, like, I'm really sorry. Yeah. But that's also probably why we feel that way about her. Anyway. I think it's just one of those examples where they learn their lesson, where they're like, maybe we shouldn't let the fan base lose all their enthusiasm for this movie. Let's get them really, really hyped, give them a little bit of time to cool off, and then, like, explode. Like, let's do it. So I think that's definitely true. One, actually, theory coming out of that, too, is someone who I follow online was saying he thought that, and you've said this, too, actually, that The Secret Wars is actually a great way to bring in the mutants. Yeah. Because... It's hard to think about them existing in 616. I know, you know, Kamala's a mutant now, and we've, you know, hinted at it with Wanda, but it's kind of tough. It's it's tough to bring in something that big into a universe that is this developed, right? So it could be interesting to use Secret Wars and mutants coming in from another universe to kind of grease the skids. Well... And especially if they don't necessarily want to do origins, I think it would be a good way to kind of almost cut right into a story and you don't really need to give the additional background because 
This is kind of like Fantastic Four, too, with the debate of are they going to do this as an origin or not, considering it will now be the third time. So, Like Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. So I think we might see a Spider-Man-style thing if they do bring them in in Secret Wars um, and just kind of pop us right into their story and bring them right in without really the... The background that we got, you know, in the X-Men that came out in the early 2000s and had, you know, all the OGs in it, I imagine that we're going to see that a little play out a little differently. I don't really think we're going to see Origins. There's one other thing I want to say about Secret Wars that I've been circulating online, and I know we talked about this in our episode, but I just want to make something really clear. A lot of people have been saying, oh, now that we're getting Secret Wars, like, Toby and Andrew are definitely coming back. Guys, that's not what Secret Wars is. It's not a complete and utter crash of the multiverse. It's two specific universes coming together. So in this instance, with Secret Wars, we would either see Toby's universe or Andrew's universe. If yeah, it's if that, that is if it is their universe that we hit with. Yeah, exactly. It would have to be the exact right universe for them to be the one. It's the ultimate universe in the comics is the one that you know, collides with 616. So let's let's just dispel that myth right now. Unless they decide to play some major changes to do some fan service, which I'm not going to say is right or wrong, whatever. That's not what this is, guys. It's two specific or one specific universe crashing into our universe, not many universes coming together. That's why if they're going to do the mutants, it's not going to be, to your point, the OGs from the early 2000s, because that would mean those are the only X-Men we're ever going to get ever, if that's how they're bringing them in. It's got to be the new cast, whoever it is. So just wanted to put that out there to dispel any myths. Please go back to that episode because we talk about it at length, exactly what Secret Wars is, so that you guys have a good foundation for how we're going to build up to it. Yeah, and I mean, totally ignore the last, like, 10 minutes where we talk about our predictions about Secret Wars because we now are confirmed with Secret Wars, (laughs) and we didn't know that at the time. But the entire rest of the episode is us talking about why we thought Secret Wars was coming, which is definitely good context from where we are now, um, and also, to Taylor's point, what it is. So definitely make sure you guys go check that out if you have any questions. One of the... Kind of, kind of a prediction and theory that I like the most with... I was reading up on Ironheart, because to be quite honest, I didn't know a, a bunch about Riri Williams. So I wanted to, to kind of look up the history behind her and her character. And I thought it Who's was... Who's in the Black Panther trailer, by the way. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to say she's in the Black Panther trailer. So I think she hugs Shori. I don't know. They have an interaction in the trailer. It might be a hug, maybe a fist bump. I don't remember what it is. But they interact. So we see, we've seen Riri for the first time on film, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and especially there is there is a shot in the trailer where it's literally a character hammering a heart out of metal. So it's like, ah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, so I, I was reading up on her, and there is a storyline. Well, basically her whole storyline is she becomes kind of an Iron Man-like character, but she, her mentor is an AI version of... Tony Stark. So yes, Tony Stark's dead, but her mentor is an AI version. So I'm hoping, I don't know if this is really a prediction or just a conspiracy theory that like, maybe Robert Downey Jr. will come back at some point, uh, whether that's in, I, I, I mean, I don't know how much of Ironheart will, and Riri will see in Black Panther, if she's just going to be kind of what the Guardians of the Galaxy were in the most recent Thor movie, where they're kind of there for the first 15 or minutes or so, and then they kind of go off and do their own thing. So I would love to see Robert come back. Or Black Panther in Civil War. Exactly. So maybe maybe it, uh, it'll just be a, a brief introduction. But then also, Black Panther was a pretty integral, played a pretty key part in uh, Civil War. Yeah, I think that was a bad argument. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying they could use it as an introduction the yes. same way they introduced Spider-Man and Black Panther in Civil War. Yeah, exactly. That was what I meant. Not necessarily level of involvement, but the idea of introducing that character. Yeah, that's how, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. That's that's what I understood. But it's like, I think I it, it kind of sounds like from interviews, Chris Evans would only come back to be Captain America if, you know, things were pretty special. But I'm wondering if Robert Downey Jr. would ever come back. And if he does, maybe he'll come back as an AI to kind of help out Riri. So that's kind of a prediction or slash conspiracy theory. We'll take it. But as far as a bigger conspiracy or prediction, I think coming out of Guardians of the Galaxy 3... James Gunn has said that it is pretty much the conclusion 
of the Guardians of the Galaxy storyline that's been established so far. So I'm wondering what that means. But hopefully this isn't the case, but I have a feeling a, a couple, I say a couple, which paint hurts me, but a couple of our favorite characters from the Guardians probably will not make it out of the third movie. So whether that's, you know, one or two surviving characters, maybe they'll get pulled from that and plopped down into a new Avengers team. Because we said earlier that we're not quite sure what are the lineup, what are the characters that make up this lineup, this new Avengers team. So I'm predicting that maybe whatever characters kind of survive the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie will be pulled and put into the, the main team, or at least one of the main teams in the Kang Dynasty and, and Secret Wars. So that's kind of what I'm predicting as far as so I think whatever surviving members, they'll be key members of whatever Avengers team or teams are formed in the Phase 6 Avengers movie. I have a kind of wild one for you guys. More wild than mine? I don't know. I don't actually remember yours. It feels like it was a long time ago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, You know, we were talking about the connective glue between the Avengers. We talked about how there's these, you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon, whatever, numbers. But here's one thing that connects a lot of them. They're all mentors to younger Avengers. And the one thing that was, one of the things that was glaringly missing from the slate is a young Avengers team up because we now have Cassie Lang in her suit in the Ant-Man and Quantumania poster. So we have confirmation that she's coming as, I think it's Stinger. So I guess I'm wondering if the kids coming together brings their mentors together. Mm. So will we see... Uh, Kate bringing in Hawkeye and we haven't seen really is it Elijah? I think so. Who is Patriot? Mm -hmm. Elijah? Yeah. You know, we haven't seen Elijah and Sam interact yet, but that's probably going to be, you know, a mentor-mentee relationship. So, maybe Elijah brings in Sam. We have the twins. Maybe, you know, Wanda comes back. Like, they all kind of have their adult Avenger. Yeah. Could that be a thing? I don't know. Like I said, it's a little out of left field, but I kind of like it. No, I actually, I quite like that for the sake of... Yeah, and you know, we said a long time ago when they first started forming some of the Young Avengers that... They were not going to be the next Avengers. Right. Because there were not going to be a bunch of fans who, keep in mind, most of the fans have been here since day one. And even if you haven't been, there's no, I mean, I haven't been. I was seven years old when the first film came out. But (laughs) (laughs) for those who have been here the longest, you know, we are, every year we get older too. And I think a lot of their fan base is continuing to get older. So having a group of teenagers going around saving the world, like, I'm sorry, but Kid Loki, I was glad when he was gone. Like, <laughs> I <laughs> I just think that, we, that they weren't going to really hold an audience as the main Avengers. So I actually quite like kind of using them as that anchor point to pull them all in. And that, to me, would make sense that the Young Avengers would be something we'll see as one of those projects that's unmarked prior to the King Dynasty. And then that would be a really good way to bring, to your point, the people who are mentoring them or the people who have been helping them. Or are their parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, you actually brought up the twins, and that made me think... Oh, they're dead, kind of, sort of. Well... Oh, well, I wasn't going there, but um, <laughs> nothing on here I mean, is true. something... No, you're right, but that I was going a completely different direction. Makes me think of White Vision, and he's still out there and a very prominent factor, so I'm actually really intrigued because that I don't see him yet fitting into any of these projects. It's gotta be the unnamed Scarlet Witch. Or I, I could maybe see Coven of Chaos because he has a connection to Agatha. But I'm pretty sure that's based off of her, like, background. So I don't, I wouldn't see him as prominently there. No, but could it be an in credit scene? I'm just trying to think, like, who has he had interactions with in the MCU? Yeah. I mean, technically, because he has old Vision's memories, it's everyone. But, like, actually thinking of, like, what happened in WandaVision? Who would he actually remember? From, like, his actual memory, not just Vision's memory. Well, I have a theory about him. And I think I actually had this theory back with WandaVision before this was even a podcast. And I might have a blog post that says this. She's like, can I find it in writing? (laughs) Real question. I know. I'm like, I might have it. (laughs) But I actually almost wonder if he'll show up in Black Panther. Because a prominent last bit of his memory will be Wakanda. 
Ah, that's true. He might go in search of answers. And I mean, he knows Shuri was helping him. Yeah. Because he still, to your point, has those memories, whether he knows he has feelings towards them or not. He knows he was getting assistance from somebody who is very skilled. Yeah. So I do wonder if anybody can help him. And I'm not saying he might stay white vision, might not be. If he stays white vision, I see him being a thunderbolt. Yeah, actually. So I think, I, I do, I'll look for the receipt and I'll <laughs> link it in the blog post if I can find it. But I do actually think that if he shows up anywhere, I would actually think it would be there. But that would be an end credit. That makes that. sense to me. And I I, I, I think he was kind of missing from Multiverse of Madness. I think some people were like, why was White Vision not in this? Yeah. Which so maybe they are saving argument. it for a project like Thunderbolt. Yeah. All right. Well, I am all good on Comic-Con thoughts and reactions. How are you guys feeling? I'm getting a thumbs up from Kate. Davis, I can't see your face, so you have to verbalize your thoughts. I am giving two thumbs up, actually. Cool. <laughs> so we're getting a play-by-play on what's happening on Davis's screen, which for me is an upside-down exclamation point. Ah. Cool. <laughs> I can see him, so we're good. <laughs> we're having some technical difficulties here today. All right, everyone. We hope you enjoyed our coverage of all the news coming out of Comic-Con. If you're excited to hear us talk about all of these upcoming properties, because we're going to be covering not one, not two, but all of them, you should definitely subscribe to the show. If you're already subscribing to the show and you're a fan, please give us a rating or a review. Just lets us know that, hey, I'm out here, I'm listening, and you guys are okay. And that's, you know, just some validation that we'd like to hear every once in a while. You can also check out our blog, (laughs) which we've mentioned a couple of times, has some extra context, has some extra predictions, some receipts for Katie. So good stuff on there. You should definitely check that out as well. That is linked in the show notes. Also linked in the show notes is our Spotify page, which has playlists for each of the individual shows, a playlist relating to all of our coverage relating to movies, and one ginormous like six-hour playlist that has all the songs in the MCU shows and movies that are available on Spotify. Make sure you guys are also following our Twitter at Let's Talk MFT. We have all the blog and podcast episodes linked up on there as soon as they come out, so you can find them all there, along with news and theories that we share or we are resharing from other people. So obviously this was a huge weekend. We have a lot of information and updates that we've been seeing shared on our page from Comic-Con. So definitely make sure you guys are following that. And then I just want to give a thank you to Davis for once again guesting on here. We appreciate it. Always happy. Yeah, of course. And we're always happy to have you. And then as far as us, give it, what, two weeks? And we will be doing our She-Hulk predictions. And then from there on, we will be covering She-Hulk on a weekly basis as each episode comes out. So don't forget to keep up with all that content. Keep up with everything that just came out of Comic-Con because Marvel just blew your mind. So let's talk about it. Thank you.